This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did. Fan text line brought to you by Edgar Snyder and Associates. Personal injury law firm where they always say there's never a fee unless we get money for you yeah i have a quandary i need to get into in the middle of the hour about wearing nice clothes to work and it doesn't involve my crocs that i wore tonight anyway 412-928-9370 is that number that's 412-928-9370 i need to pay this off because i teased it in the last uh, segment but i didn't get to it the nfl is trying to ban the brotherly shove the tush push if you will getting behind the quarterback and pushing him using another player to push him for a first down. Him taking a snap and just people getting behind him and pushing him. Is this something that bothers you? Does that play bother you? Now, you all know what uh, Philadelphia did last year and continues to do. They continue to make yardage doing that. It seems to be a play that is, it's not impossible to defend, but it's all about leverage, and whenever you have somebody pushing someone else, it's kind of tough to stop them. Is it really that egregious though is it really like ruining the sport that you want to get it out and this is another thought I had and I'd love for someone I'd love for fans to describe this to me again at 412-928-9370 on our Twitter line brought to you by South Hills Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram Peters Township visit them online southhillsjeep.com how do you adequately officiate that let's say it's illegal right They'd have to be really touchy with aiding and abetting, if you will, a runner, right? Because if a guy flies in there and he says, oh, I thought I saw the ball squirt loose. I was just flying in there and happened to make contact with the quarterback. Or I just ran in there and, you know, those guys are pushing him back and I'm just, I'm not pushing him. I'm just neutralizing him. Like, it's an added layer. Is this really what we want in our games? And especially this game in the NFL. Do we want another layer of subjectivity where the officials are now given another penalty they could potentially call? I haven't made up my mind fully on this. I'd probably have to see. This is the bad part. And they don't really test rules. Like sometimes uh, the NBA or other leagues will test rules in preseason or things like that and then figure out if they want to roll them out when the games count for real. I would have to see it called five, eight, ten times and say, okay, I agree with everyone, or I'd have to see it like maybe be borderline and it not called and then say, all right, I agree with the no call. Like I have to see it put into practice, I guess, before I decide exactly how I feel about that. 
And that's not great for sports talk radio. You want the host to come down real hard on one side or real hard on the other. But I got to see it with my own eyes before I truly decide how I feel about that. But my knee-jerk reaction is, I don't know if I want the officials. They have this big, long list. They've got holding. They've got unsportsmanlike conduct. They have tripping. They have defensive pass interference, offensive pass interference. They have all the substitution infractions. They have all that kind of stuff. Delay of game. Do I want that big, long card that you see sometimes all the hand signals and what they mean. When you're like a little kid, you look at it and you're like, oh, the arm's crossed. That means delay of game. When he grabs his wrist, that means a hold, right? Do you want to go ahead and put another one of those in and add another layer of the refs have the ability to call now a different penalty in the NFL? I just don't know. How do you feel about it, though? 412-928-9370, that's a number. Something else here, watching the Philadelphia Phillies last night, because oddly enough, I have the mental capacity to run two topics at the same time, concurrently. We can do that here on this show. So I was watching the Phillies last night, and I caught myself, not in a a bad way, I guess. I just caught myself, I guess, watching and rooting for the Phillies, and then As I was leaving here, as I was driving home, I said to myself, and I was on Route 28, and I said, wait a minute. I think I just rooted for a Philadelphia team. I like Bryce Harper. I like what they're all about. And I read something from the Arizona Republic uh, today where it said, and I'm paraphrasing here, that the Philadelphia Phillies are like that that, uh, Neanderthal-ish beer league softball team that doesn't cut cut, cut its hair and barely uh, showers and shows up at the softball tournament, still hungover, beats your brains in, drinks all your beer, and then gets in a fistfight in the parking lot and wins that too. You know, they wrote something like that in the Arizona Republic, and it's pretty accurate. You know, they kind of become the bullies and the ones that don't look all that great doing it. They just do it. They're just there to kick your ass. And I, there's a certain love affair with them, especially with Bryce Harper, for me, you know, and watching that. But then I stopped and I said, wait a minute. You're supposed to, living on this side of the state, swear off all things Philadelphia. You're not supposed to like them. And then it springboarded a question, if that's a word, but it's going to be. It springboarded a question for me at 412-928-9370. That's 412-928-9370. And it's this. Is there a team that under no circumstances you could ever root for. Because I thought for me it was the Philadelphia teams. I thought it was all those teams. But I have, I guess, maybe softened in my old age. I've started to root for the Philadelphia Phillies. And I said, you know, it's kind of harmless rooting for the Phillies. Now, I do know there is no way. Well, this is the rub. I want to say there's no way I can root for the Cleveland Browns. I can't stand the Cleveland Browns. What the Baltimore Ravens are to the younger generation, people younger than me, maybe in their 20s and 30s, the Browns are that for me because I remember the original Browns. And I went to a game at Cleveland Stadium while the Browns were still the Browns before they moved. And minding our business, not bothering anybody, not all decked out in Steeler gear. We just had black stuff on. I think we had a Steeler tassel cap on. This would have been 93 or 94. I think, yeah, not 92 or 93. 
people throwing stuff at us, swearing at us, grown men trying to fight us. We had we were like 16-year-old kids, wanted nothing to do with it. We're just minding our business. I forever will hate all things Cleveland Browns. I hate their fans. I hate their franchise. I hate their logo. I hate everything about them. I do. I hope they go 0-17 every year. So I can never find myself wanting to root for them, ever. But there may, might be one circumstance. If there is an opportunity for the Steelers to make the playoffs, if, say, the Browns are out of it and the Steelers are tied with the Ravens or the Bengals and they need a win from the Browns, right? They need help from the Browns. I've thought about that, and even then, this is honestly, it would be tough for me still to root for the Cleveland Browns. I might say, you know, I can't find it in me to root for the Browns. I just assume the Steelers not make the playoffs. Because, and I can excuse it away like this. If the Steelers would have taken care of their own business earlier in the year, they wouldn't be in this position. It's their fault. It's up to them. They screwed it up. They shouldn't have to rely on the Browns. I can't root for the Cleveland Browns. So I do think there is a team that I can never find it within me to root for. Is there a team for you that you could never, I mean ever, under any circumstances root for? 412-928-9370. Fan Hotline presented by Nemecol. And around every corner, Nemecol creates real-life magic for guests. Urkel, you're on the fan. Hi, Urkel. Hey, how you doing? Uh, yeah, two teams I can't root for. Uh, the Flyers definitely can't do that. And I can never root for the Braves because of the 1992 uh, NLCS. How and, would you um, how would you play the scenario I laid out? Because I feel the same way about the Browns. But yeah, that's I mean that's really tough. I mean if if we need help in some situation, I mean I would hate to be like oh I'd rather have the Braves lose than the than the Pirates go to the World Series or whatever it is get to the playoffs. But I don't know, man. I I was just so heartbroken from that. I still haven't gotten over it. I mean they're they're kind of a fun team to watch, but I don't want to see them do anything anymore. Yeah, I probably tend to agree with you. You know, now the Braves, it's been so far long ago that I don't want to see them win, but it doesn't kill me when they do, you know, it, because they've turned over. It's no longer Bobby Cox. It's not Leo Mazzoni. It's not those guys. And you're right. They do bring a fun quotient. I don't find myself rooting for them, but I don't vehemently root against them. I just can't do that. But the Browns are it for me. They just are. Back to that. Tush push, which I don't like that word. It's just weird. That's why I call it the brotherly shove, which is much better, I think. And because, too, like, it's a band of brothers. It's Philadelphia, all that. It's it's a much better name for that, the brotherly shove. And it's a shove. So I'll go with that. So the brotherly shove. If you outlaw it, I guess it just goes away. All right, it's out of the game. And nobody will ever try it again. But I can see in our overly officious society, in particular our overly officious way that we call football games, I could see someone throwing a flag and thinking that it happened, right? But like, what happened to simply being bigger, stronger, meaner, and tougher than the people across the line of scrimmage? You know, why can't that happen? Because in so many instances when there is the shove, everybody in the stadium and on television in all of America knows that it's coming. They do. 
So why can't the linebackers and the people who are playing along the defensive front, why can't they just be lower, meaner, stronger, and nastier than the guys across the scrimmage line? That's something I've never figured out. It's a game built on leverage. It's a game built on getting lower. It's a game built on being tougher. And it's, you know, as the famous NFL films goes, this is why we lift all them weights. I mean, that's why. In that very moment. So that's where they are with it. I, you know what? I've decided. I'm here for it. Leave it in the game. Leave it in the game because whenever someone does stop it, when you do stop that brotherly shove, it will. it is a moment of just defensive bliss. People are going to celebrate and go crazy and go nuts and go wild. And then if you can figure out a way to counteract it, it will give offenses a... It'll give them a second look at, well, maybe we shouldn't run this thing. The other part of it, there's got to be a fake brotherly shove coming soon. You know, like the fake spike that people have run in different times. Marino ran, a couple different people have run it in their career. The fake clock, spike it, and then, whoo, right down the sideline, there goes a receiver, home run ball, come on, touchdown, let's go. That has to be coming soon, even from the Eagles or from someone. I'm going to fake like I'm going to shove it, and then, whoo, right around then, scampers 53 yards, TD, score, six, let's kick the extra point. That has to be coming soon. Leave it in the game. We're, we're trying to do too much, I think. We are. We're trying to officiate too much in a game where it's built on being mean. If they want to take out the things where guys get absolutely clotheslined across the middle, decapitated across the middle, and get smashed across the middle, I can understand it for the sake of safety. Nobody gets hurt on that brotherly shove uh, play. They, they don't. It is, it's football at its finest, you know? It's what it's built on. It's just being strong and mean and nasty and low. Matt's on the turnpike. Matt's on the fan. How you doing, Matt? Hey, Colin. Hey, Matt. I got, I got the problem with the brotherly shove is not the play itself. It's the fact that they've allowed anybody at any time to push a runner or a player from behind. That didn't used to happen. This isn't rugby. The brotherly shove is a great play that only Philadelphia can run. Very other, very few teams can mimic what Philadelphia does. If they limit or get rid of that stupidity of pushing people from behind and creating a rugby scrum, we might solve some of this problem. Well, I don't understand what you're saying. What do you mean you don't understand what I'm saying? I don't understand you what you're saying. I don't see it as a problem. I don't see I don't see the play as a problem either. But to push it from behind, which is what everybody doesn't like about the play. I don't think that's the part that people don't like. I think well, I think that's just a portion of what people don't like. People get rid of the shove from behind, it's just a quarterback sneak. Then it's man on man down in the trenches, and the, and the Eagles have the strongest quarterback in the league. Then you can say, it's 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 uh, that's why we lift all them weights. Well, here's but the other part, though, Matt. Linebackers push defensive linemen all the time to push them into the wash to create uh, havoc all the time. Do they create a rugby scrum when they do that? No, they create – they fill a gap. No. Well – the problem with pushing from behind is you've already got a man stood up or stopped 
and then two linemen come in who weigh 400 pounds apiece and just slam into the back of that guy. No team. Ahead three, four, five yards. There's no team with two linemen with four, that weigh 400 pounds. I'm exaggerating. Yes, you are. 412-928-9370 is that number. You, there are, obviously, there are people to get it that are for getting it out of the game. I'm just not one of them. I can understand where you are. I just I don't know how you can't counteract it. I don't. Because every time I've ever seen it run, everybody in the world knows that it's coming. Anyway, I was put in a position on Monday night where lying probably would have been easier for me. I don't like to lie. I don't lie. So I had to tell the truth. And when I told the truth to about 10 different people, it was painful each time. Should I have simply just, well, lied? I'll run this past you coming up next. 412-928-9370 here on The Fan. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friend at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball Baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast. You'll be glad you did. All right, Joel, give the people a um, Joel Nelson. His name's Joel Nelson, but I, it's like Joel Embiid. I call him Joel Nelson. Give the people a Penguins update, if you will, in between periods. Joel, would you like to? Uh, would you like to do that as we're dancing in the streets right now? Yeah, let's do it well, um, right now. You Penguins do. You were watching the game. Tied. I was talking. Penguins are. Penguins and Red Wings tied at one. Evgeny Malkin had a goal in the first minute, and then uh, with 7.30 to go in the first period, Alex Dabrinkit tied things for Detroit, and so it's 1-1 in the uh, first intermission. In the Motor City. Yes, in the Motor City. Yes, sir. Thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you. There's your Penguins update. It's not sponsored by anybody. Listen to Cooking Joe every uh, Wednesday. Hear about Starkey's Card of the Week, Baseball Card Castle, and Cranberry. Contests run every Wednesday through Friday at noon at 937thefan.com at our contest page. So be sure to check that out. Okay, I do want to get into Jim Beheim being a lunk but getting a job on TV. And there's something out right now on October 18th already. And I wonder if you're a party to it yet. And we'll get into that before the hour's out. But I need your help, right? Would it have been easier to lie on Monday? Life problem here. And I want calls. 412-928-9370. How would you have played this? So, I work in a place that, for the salespeople, I guess, is business casual dress. For the people who are on air, pretty much as long as you're not naked, you're good, right? And as long as you're not exceedingly disheveled, exceedingly being the key word there, you're good, right? You just come dressed and you're all right. So Monday, Monday, I came to work and you could see the video. I was working with Paul, worked from 6 until 7.30 right before Monday Night Football. And if you go back and look at the video, I had on a button-down shirt and a sport coat on, along with nice pants and hard shoes, if you will, church shoes. So I came in, and 
I didn't make it up the steps were located not on the first floor. So I didn't make it up the steps, and a coworker said, "Wow, you're you're all dressed up. You look nice. You headed out on a date." The answer was no. I made it in the door, and I'll get to where I was going. I made it in the door, and somebody else said, "Whoa, you look really nice." Because again, we generally wear hoodies. And I don't wear jeans, like kind of like slack kind of pants, like Lululemon, like like stretchy kind of, you know, regular pants or like nice sweatpants, if you will. So we wear stuff like that to work. I had a sport coat and a button down and I made it, it through the door. Someone else says to me, whoa, are you going out to dinner right after? Man, where are you guys going? Are you going out to dinner on a Monday night with your wife? And I said, nah, not happening. No, 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 no. Third person comes up and says, that's a great shirt. Man, wow. Jeez, where are you going? You look good. Were you somewhere? I was going to the funeral home after the show because one of my best friends in the world, Kenny Schultz, who was a receiver at Bucknell, I grew up with him. Uh, He's a lawyer here in town. His mother died, right? And they still had calling hours all the way until 9 o'clock in Aspenwall. So I knew I was done at 7.30. And it just takes, seriously, it takes 14 minutes to get from Green Tree to Aspenwall at 7.30 at night. Right down the Green Tree Hill, through the tunnel, bang, past the stadium, 28, you're there. Didn't even take that. It took like, honestly, it took like 14 minutes. And so I got to thinking, when I had, and I told each and every person to revert back. Hey, are you going on a date with your wife? Hey, why are you dressed up? And people had like big smiles on their face. And when I said to them, one of my good friends, his mom died and I'm going to the funeral home. Seemingly all the color fell out of their face and they went from smiling because they were honestly interested in why I was dressed up for work And it immediately went to kind of embarrassment. Like, oh, I'm so sorry. I'm sorry I asked that question. But they didn't know. Like, they didn't. So they ended up kind of feeling bad. And I felt bad that they felt bad. So let's get down to brass tacks at 412-928-9370. And by the way, RIP Mrs. Schultz, one of the greatest women to ever walk this earth. Right? She She was so nice and so kind. She loved Penn State, which may have been her, she went there and so did her sister and brother. May have been her one flaw. But anyway, anyway, her brother played football there and coached football there. So to revert back to this, and this is where I want your feedback. Should I have lied? Should I have lied? Because I try to stay out of the vortex of uncomfortable moments, right? I try to stay away from uncomfortable moments. Life is a lot more well comfortable if you can circumnavigate comfortable moments. So when someone said, hey, what are you dressed up for? Are you going out to dinner with your wife? Should I have just said, yeah, but then you run the risk of the lie getting into a second lie. Oh, where are you guys going? Oh, and then you're thinking of a place. Then you might name a place and it's a Monday night and a lot of restaurants are closed on Mondays. And then you're caught in a lie, and then they walk away, and they're like, how about that guy? Then they're gossiping. How about that guy? Right? 
He tried to tell me he was going to dinner. I know that place is closed on Monday. He's a liar. I wonder, was he at court maybe? Oh, man, he was dressed up. So there's that. So would it have been better to just lie? Because now I almost want to go back, and there were four people who said something to me. I almost wanted to go back to them in subsequent days, like yesterday or today, and say, hey, about our interaction on Monday, I don't feel, uh, don't feel bad. Don't feel bad. Because, again, they immediately, it was like air being let out of a balloon. They went, oh, I'm so sorry. And then on the flip side of it is this at 412-928-9370. When someone uncharacteristically is dressed up, should you ever say anything to them? Because, again, I am not uncomfortable about this. Not at all. I don't care. But it might now make those people be hesitant to give a compliment moving forward. This is like a total mismanners thing that I don't know how to play it, and I'm trying to elicit your help here. Because there's no harm, no foul. I don't feel bad about it. But it absolutely would have been easier if I'd have just lied. Like, if I'd have just lied and said, oh, I was at this thing at school for my kid, and nobody would have checked up on that. But then when I would have left and walked away from that conversation, right, I'd have been like, I don't feel good about this because I lied. And I don't lie. I don't like to lie. I never lie. So it just is what it is. My man, Tony, he's downtown. Tony, I simply don't lie, but it was awkward. I don't lie. I'm very honest myself, Colin. And it gets you in a lot of trouble a lot of times. Because most people, like Jack Nicholson says, they can't handle the truth. And I want you to remember this little saying. What a tangled web I weave when I first practice to deceive. Got you, Tony. I don't believe that's your original content. Oh, believe me, I used to be a little liar as a kid. Uh, my mother, I learned that off my mother back in the day. Huh, huh. All right, so I just say and thank you. You know what that means, don't you? When you tell one lie, you forget what you said, then you tell another lie. Next thing you know, you told three or four lies, and you're you're stuck in the tangled web. Yeah, you're just all twisted up, huh? Yep. Uh-huh. So did I do the honesty, right thing? Did I do the, the right thing? Policy, I, think, I think I did the right thing. Oh, I think you did, too, for once. For once. Okay. Yes. Gotcha. Gotcha. Uh, what else is on your mind, Tony? Not, not much, my brother. Not much. Okay. I hope you're doing well. I think the Rams are going to whip your boy on Sunday, though. Who's my boy? Why do they got to be my boy? Because I root for the Steelers. Because I'm not a Steelers fan, so that's your boy. Yeah, but wait a minute. How can you root for the Rams when you're a diehard Raiders fan, though? I root for anybody who beat the Steelers. My two favorite teams, Raiders. And whoever uh, plays the Steelers every week. Okay. All right. Take it easy. Troy's on the mount. I love talking to Troy. Uh, Troy, this was a precarious situation. It's tough, dude, but you definitely made the right choice. Uh Uh-huh. Because you just run that line of, you know, you told your first lie, and you got to remember it. You got to stick with it. And now you're up to other questions. So you got to go a little bit deeper. Me, myself, I, I, I like to make stuff up. I do. I do. I'm going to make up a bunch of different lies to a bunch of different people. But I think the only way that you could have handled that and got out of a little awkward situation is what you said afterwards. 
they say, you say, oh, I'm going to a funeral for one of my buddy's moms. And they go, oh, sorry to hear that. And you just hit them with something that makes them smile. Oh, it's, it's okay. She liked Penn State. Right. That well, would then open it back up instantly into smiles and laughter. But you got to get them off the sad subject because think about the other end. What question do we ask now? Um, yes. What, what, who, who is she? Or I don't know. I don't know. Or it's an awkward conversation for me instantly. So it's your job to break the ice to make me feel more comfortable moving forward. Yes, and it just started as totally innocuous. Not even innocuous. It started as a compliment. Tom, how you doing, Tom? I'm doing good, Colin. Love your show, man. Well, Wish thank you. Wish were you. back out in the morning, though. I'm all right. Everything's um, good. So tell me, I this... Look, you don't, you don't have an honesty problem, brother. What you got is an empathy problem. Okay. okay? When you ask yourself, well, should I have lied to these folks to spare their feelings? Nah, I mean, because here's the thing. Feelings are a two-way street. Uh-huh. Those folks were attempting to tell you that they care about you. And that's why they asked, and that's why they had the reaction that they did. It's okay. It didn't ruin their day. It's just something that shows you how human they are, and you're human too. And it brings you closer together. You never lie. Just yeah, don't worry about empathy. Empathy's a good thing. Okay. Well, good, good. I'm glad I, I, I it just felt, I, I, I felt bad because of the way that they just, they just almost emotionally collapsed after I said, no, I'm going to the funeral home for one of my really good friend's mom. They were like, oh, and then I'm like, oh, I hope they don't hesitate to give compliments in the future because we live in a world now where people hesitate to give compliments because somebody's going to be offended by it. Boy, that's the truth. But here's the thing. If they didn't like you, if you were a jerk, they wouldn't have felt bad. So you're a good guy. Well, that's up for debate. But in that instance, I think you might be right. They were four people who I think genuinely like me. Well, I'm glad I solved that. Don't lie. Something is out already. On the 18th day of October that I... I don't know if I'm ready to consume. I don't know if I can dive into this. I don't know if I can get there. I don't know if I can bring myself to say it's time. But I'm going to ask you when it's really time for this. I'll tell you what this is in just a couple minutes right here on The Fan. Do you hear about that gigantic screen that is proposed on the North Shore to show pirate games? I saw a story in the Trib about that today. That's not what I was talking about. Are you ready to get into right now but how about that you know i'm all for it i guess there was a certain time and a certain day and age not too long ago where someone would have said well why would you put the game on a huge screen just in close proximity to where the game is actually being played because then it would take away people actually going into the game and you want every single body you can buying tickets and going into the real seats. And so you never put it on a screen just outside. That just doesn't make any sense. Well, I don't know. I think that sports executives and people that are uh, charged with the duty of running businesses in and around sports venues have gotten savvy to, all right, let's just get as many people near the venue, by the venue, and by extension at times into the venue Just get them around the area, and we'll all figure it out, and I think in the end we'll all benefit from it. So I'm all for it. Now, 
and I don't think it's going to ebb and flow or make the Pirates' uh, attendance uh, flux all that much by having a big screen there because they're building like apartments right there and they want to put a big screen there. And the one thing – I read the story. I just glossed over it. It was just a cursory glance. It looked like the one thing that was – Kind of the holdup was, uh, of course, all the zoning stuff and is how bright is it going to be? Is it going to be an impediment to people sleeping and all that kind of stuff? So I don't know, but I'm all for it. And it's not going to be packed every night. I mean, sometimes there'll be five people out there watching the game. There's not many more inside the game, but sometimes there'll be five people out there watching the game. So, but I, I'm for it. Imagine if they get good and you crowd and you can't get in and it's a sellout and you're all crowded around that screen. I think that would absolutely be something anyway 412-928-9370 is that number are you ready for this now these have been out for a while but it feels like they're now updating them weekly if not more often are you ready for mock drafts are you ready for mock drafts i let's answer this and let's talk about this at 412-928-9370 At what point do you start paying attention to them? Because I said to myself, you know, I'm not going to do it. I'm just not. I am not going to do it. I'm not going to pay any attention to these. I'm going to let the course of the season play out. I'm not going to at all focus on who the Steelers or anybody else. Everybody knows What's going to happen at the top end of the draft? It'll be Caleb Williams. It'll be Marvin Harrison. Drake May will be somewhere up there. My man Kool-Aid from Alabama. He'll be up there really high, you think. Um, And then, you know, Dallas Turner from Alabama. Joe Alt from Notre Dame. People like that. We know who will be towards the top of the draft. So you don't have to pay attention to that. Then it starts to get, you know, a little interesting. And you start to piecemeal it in. And you don't even know who the teams are and who's going to take where. Although you can fashion a pretty decent guess that, you know, the Bears will be somewhere high. They might trade, do some other things. The Broncos will be up there. Uh, Minnesota might be up there. And and the Patriots will be pretty high. So anyway, all that being said, at 412-928-9370, at what point do you start paying attention to mock drafts? Because... There's never been a time like last year where I became so addicted to them. But it didn't really start until after the season did. And then like the day after the season was over, I was hitting reload and was watching these things and looking at these things every single morning. Every one of them. USA Today, CBS Sports, ESPN. Everyone I could get my hands on, I'm looking at these mock drafts. And I couldn't get enough. And Oh, my gosh. Are they going to really trade up for Broderick Jones? There's no way the Steelers would actually do that. Is it going to be him? Is it going to be another lineman? Is it going to be this guy? Is it going to be that guy? Do they need a uh, maybe an inside linebacker? How about in the second round? Are they going to get the guy from Iowa? I was just I, – I, I wrapped my head around all of them. So yesterday I'm on the internet, right? And I'm tooling around on the internet, and I go to CBS Sports. And you know how CBS Sports, they break out the stories that they want you to, they they give good placement to the ones that they want you to read, right? And that's what happened. So they gave placement to a mock draft story. And I said, wait just a minute. It's the middle of the NFL season. The baseball playoffs are happening. College football is, is big. That's going on. Hockey's happening right now. 
There's a gazillion things in the world, but they gave placement, they moved it up the page, and there it is. There it is, the mock draft. It was like I was I was a bee, and that was, you know, the honeycomb or whatever. It was pulling me. It was magnetically dragging me in to needing to click. It was like if you've ever had an IT guy and he says, I'm going to remotely take over your computer. And it was like my mouse was moving by itself. And I'm like, I, oh gosh, this is happening. I clicked on it. So I clicked on it and I get there and I'm still having second thoughts. Should I really start down this road? Should I do this? Because it is a path of no turning back at this point. From this day forward, if I click on this mock draft, what's going to happen, then I'm going to consume all the mock draft stuff. That's exactly how it's going to go down. So I just, I did it. I surrendered. I said, okay. I clicked on the mock draft. I started to scroll down. I thought, all right, I'll probably make it to, I don't know, pick 14, pick 15, pick 17. CBS Sports had the Steelers, I don't know how, picking 25th. No, it's flawed then to start. There's no way they're going to pick 25th. It's just not happening. So CBS Sports has them picking 25th. They have, at least Rick Spielman does, the projected selection as wide receiver from Texas, Xavier Worthy, right? That's who their projected mock draft selection is in the first round and I will tell you what Mr. Spielman said the reason I ended up going with Xavier Worthy was because George Pickens is the real deal Allen Robinson is not he's kind of a one-year stopgap guy Deontay Johnson is hurt all the time and Calvin Austin III is just a gadget guy I think they need to get more weapons for Kenny Pickett and this kid fits the bill for me so most normal people would be able to look at that mock draft and go, okay, I'm going to go about my day. And I kind of did go about my day. Uh, This is a bit of hyperbole at play. But most normal people are just able to do that, wash their hands of it, move along, keep it moving. Let's go. Me, what has happened now today, this was yesterday. Today, I woke up. I'm looking at different sports stories. All right. One of them I had written down, I had to go revisit. Did CBS change its mock draft? Is Xavier Worthy still the guy? Then, all right, and I didn't do this yet, find other mock drafts and see where a couple things. One, they have the Pittsburgh Steelers picking. Two, now I'm doing all this research on Xavier Worthy, who might or might not end up being a first-round pick, who might or might not go to the Steelers, who might or might not be a position of need for the Pittsburgh Steelers, who might, the guy might end up going to the seminary, not even playing football. Who knows? But I'm going to go down this rabbit hole and figure everything out I can about Xavier Worthy, who there's like a a, a half a percent chance the Steelers are even going to take this guy in a draft that is happening seemingly 10 years from now. This is what the NFL does to you. They do the non-games, the events that aren't games, better than any other league in the world. And they pour this substance 
onto America that is more addictive than any drug America has. And they've got me wrapped up in it. I was never this guy before. I wasn't. I, I, was, I had an interest in the NFL. I watched all the games. I was into it. I was into the draft. I watched a little bit of the combine. Uh, all right. Okay, the schedule release. Oh, yeah, it's coming out. I'll check it on Twitter. Now I am, I don't know what has happened. I am full bore into this, and I can't get enough. Alice is in Shaler. Hi, Alice. Hi. You were just talking about the who, I don't know what mock draft you were looking at. I just have CBS. to look at one today. And people, like, I don't know, do you look at the mock draft a lot? Well, yesterday was the first one I've looked at for 2024. Okay. So this was the first one I looked at today, and they had us picking 11th and taking Kool-Aid. How are they going to pick 11th? A uh, corner. I don't I don't. Well, think. no, they, they could pick 11th before they pick 23rd. Um, oh, yeah, but I don't think they're going to take a corner in the first round. I And I do pay attention to them. I, I don't know why I get bored. This early, and, though? Do you normally? I mean, they've played five real football games this season. I know. I know. I don't. It's not that I pay attention to them. I just really like football, and I look at them. So I, it's not like I take. I look at this and think, "Oh, we'll definitely take Kool Aid McKinstry eleventh. But it's sort of interesting to look at how different people view this. Mel Kiper's the worst, though. I oh, always say his draft. He sure is. I almost. You know, the thing that that happens though is I almost feel guilty that I'm turning the page on this team and not giving them my full focus in a weird mm. way. You know what? I, I don't think you can give this team your full focus right now. I don't feel like that. And it's, I don't think that looking at mock drafts takes any time away from anything else. Like, I just look at it and move on. And there will be a thousand mock drafts before the draft really happens. Somebody will have it. Look at, look at some of the – anybody ever think we would take Kendra Green? That I didn't really think that they would trade up and take Devin Bush a few years ago. I don't really – pay much attention to the draft as far as thinking that's what we'll do but I, it's sort of fun to look at there we go thank you alice as always yeah i don't this is the earliest i've ever done it and it has nothing to do with how i think the steelers are going to work out the rest of the year they're going to be nine and eight i said that before the year started they're going to be nine and eight but it is this weird fascination in this gravitational pull to the mock draft mike's in bethel hi mike Colin, how's it going love your show thank you uh I gotta admit, though, we're, we're we shouldn't be talking about mock drafts right now. I know I, that's yeah, the, that's I mean, the whole ridiculous. segment. The whole segment is I can't believe I clicked on it because I knew I'd be swallowed into it like one of those whirlpools that you see, like you know when the water's about to run out of a sink, the very end of it, and it creates that funnel whirlpool. It got me, and I don't know why. It just hooked you. Yes. Yeah, I mean, look, listen. There's there's gonna be a million things that happen. At the pro level, at the college level, it's going to change which direction teams go with the draft. I mean, it's just it's just way too early. It is after the season. After the season is when I start to pay attention. What if you just clicked on it one time and just clicked on it? Just and I I swore to myself I wasn't going to do it. But then you know when I I paid attention, I said, "Oh, I'm not going to pay attention. I'll just give it a little click." And I had the Steelers picking 25th, and I said, "How the hell are the Steelers going to pick 25th?" Clickbait, it got you. Oh, you're right. He's right. He, he hit the nail on the head. The clickbait, it got me. Top of the hour, let's get into this. We do have to talk about this Steelers team. There's a real conversation, as much as people want to try to avoid it, about 
who is the top receiver on this football team. And we need to discuss it just a little more. Fan weather brought to you by Sun Chevrolet. Come see their half-ton and three-quarter ton Silverados. Visit sunchevy.com. Tonight, partly cloudy, low of 45. Thursday, mix of sun and of clouds. High of 68, low of 54. Chance of showers Friday all the way through the weekend. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. 